Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another Facebook, another YouTube live. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to come into the live feed. But for those who's watching later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or again on YouTube, want to welcome you all. If it's your first time to my channel, my name is Josh Wesley, a.k.a. Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of life and to help you become spiritually mature for God's optimal use. So if you feel like this material is, is beneficial to you and you want to join the Unpluggers community here on YouTube or wherever you, uh, wherever people receive this content, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell, uh, make sure you get um, uh, notifications, all that good stuff, because no man, no woman knows down when I'm going to do these live videos. And so you want to make sure you get uh, that email so that you can be able to get your question right here on the chat. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and go to the chat. Uh, Christopher, what's going on? Daughter of the King, hey, what's going on? Dana Warfield, what's going on? Charlotte Jordan, hey, what's going on? Sis Michelle Miller, what's going on? Vanessa, how you doing? Janessa, hey, coach, what's going on? Pink October, I'm Erica. Thanks. For oh, you're so welcome. No problem, no problem. Good to see you are doing uh, more lives. Yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to do a little bit um, more lives, but shorter. You know, why give you guys 200? What's up, Jennifer? What's up, sis? Why give you all uh, two hours worth when I can give you 30 minutes on multiple days? So that's my goal. Um, but let's get right into it. Hey, Josh, what's going on, Jennifer? Yeah, he says, what's going on? Uh, Zachariah says, hey, coach, what are your thoughts on Kanye West? Thanks for your advice and all you do. No problem. My thoughts on Kanye West is simple. Um, I'm not close enough to know everything, but I'm cautious to look at everything. You see what I'm saying? Everything that I can look at. Um, I just think there's two sides to it. Uh, number one, um, God can radically save anybody. Um, God can, um, uh, <clears throat> redeem anybody. And so my heart is not to jump to the conspiracy theories, nor is my heart uh, um, trying to jump to uh, um, judge Kanye, but there is a righteous judgment that we ought to play. And there are some cautions that I have with the Kanye thing. Number one, um, the Bible talks about that there will be uh, deceptions that will even deceive even God's very elected. If the days weren't shortened, even his very elect wouldn't be deceived, that there are false prophets in the world. There will be false Christ in the world. There will be people who's going to talk about another Christ um, to subtle uh, persuasion that's going to lead people. So with that part of the Bible in mind, I I'm very cautious when I see someone of high profile or someone with that much um, 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 whatever. Um, I'm not I'm not um, I'm not against the work of God in the person's life, but I'm also as an individual. My goal is to discern. So, number one, um, uh, I'm not close enough to know exactly what's going on in Kanye's life. I am kind of um, concerned about. Um, how fast he's in the public eye without some type of discipleship. And most people compare him um, to uh, Apostle Paul, but Apostle Paul, before he started his ministry, sat down for three years. And there's other people that talks about how that we should just be glad that Christ is preached. That's kind of dangerous because what Christ is being preached, the other scripture that people talk about is that um, there's people who's going to be doing these kind of things for envy and jealous, envy reasons and to deceive others. But the argument is, <clears throat> and we should just be glad that Christ is preached, but we also got to be cautious that, that a lot of people are too uh, spiritually immature to discern um, the poison that could be mixed with, with the truth. Uh, truth is 100%, not 99%. And just because something has 99% truth, that point that 1% of deception is the number one thing used to destroy people's lives. So in my opinion, I pray 
um, that this is genuine. I pray that Kanye has been radically saved. Um, 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 my comments have been reserved because I'm still watching. And I advise everyone to uh, prayerfully uh, pray for him, but also uh, make sure that you are discerning with your own eye, that you are um, processing things and make sure you test every spirit by the spirit, just to make sure this is not another ploy by the devil to use someone of high profile to deceive the masses. So that's my two sides of that. Of that. Uh, one side being, um, I'm not close enough to know. Um, so I pray for Kanye. I pray that he is guarded. If it is genuine salvation in his life, I pray the Holy Spirit will, will guide him away from the wolves that are, they will try to use him for 50, filthy lucre and, and try to um, uh, uh, boost their platforms. Um, but all in all, Believers need to be discerning. So whenever when other people come at you and be like, "Well, y'all being judgmental," no judgmental is uh, uh, judgmentalness is the fruit of a, uh, of a person who's self righteous. There is a righteous judgment that we're supposed to have. The Bible says, um, um, "Before you uh, try to take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the beam out of yours, so that you will then know how to be able to take the speck out of your brother's eye." So that when the Bible talks about judge not, we got to continue to read the passage. It didn't say that just leave that person with their speck in their eye. It says, "Take the beam out of yours, so that you're able to take the speck, meaning righteously judge the individual um, um, from the Word of God and all that good stuff." So I pray Kanye's uh, uh, radically safe. I'm still watching. I'm still observing. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. I just don't jump on everybody's bandwagon. And I don't advise you all to jump on everybody's bandwagon. There are some things that I'm not going to share on YouTube that I'm that I'm cautious and concerned about because it's not gonna it's not gonna really benefit anyone. But I rather teach you to discern and examine fruit for yourselves, read the word of God and and just know that the devil um, um, knows how to manipulate and we just got to make sure that um that we're cautious on our end while praying for our brother on the other end if that makes sense. Hope that helps. Great question. And so everyone's been asking my thoughts on Kanye, and I was just waiting for a question to pop up here um, so that uh, so that people can understand why I see things the way I see. Uh, we just got to be very careful with someone of that high profile. That doesn't mean nobody's too high for God to save, but there's also some things that we as believers have to be cautious that we're not being introduced to the one world church, that we're not being introduced um, to a false Christ. Um, but um, keep praying for him. That's all I can say. Good question, though. Um, De De uh, Delay says, Hey coach, how do you deal with being a friend to someone who doesn't see anything wrong with living a sinful lifestyle? She, uh, I still be friends with, should I still be friends with this person? Good question. Hey coach, how do you deal with being a friend to someone who doesn't see anything wrong with living a sinful lifestyle? Uh, should I still be friends with friendship is a bond and you have to be very careful who you share that term with. Um, social media has done a very, uh, um, diluting part on the word friendship of follower and that we should be very careful who we call friend and who we follow. With that being said, I think it's just best for you to, uh, to, to, to begin, um, to be okay with going the journey that God has for you without that friend in your life. Because if that person doesn't see anything wrong, uh, with their sinful lifestyle, uh, let me make the plan like this. Maybe you should modify your friendship, modify the friendship, meaning um, lifting the rope as a terminology that I use. That when you're, uh, when there's someone in your life that you've been friends with and they begin to go a different direction than you, just lifting the rope. Be still, don't, no, I don't like to lose the word tie, but still be connected enough so that your life can still be a gospel, can be a living epistle for them to be able to read, to eventually draw them back to Christ. But don't be so close that if they fall off the cliff, you fall off with them. Just lifting the rope, 
Just say, you know what? And 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 when a person begins to question your your change of behavior, there's nothing wrong with communicating why you're why you're doing what you're doing. If that person is is saying, why don't you call as much? Why don't you want to hang out as much? There's nothing wrong with as a believer to sit that person down and say, you know what? At this juncture of my life, and at your juncture of our life, I think um, it's it's best for us to. Um, be friends at a distance because I don't necessarily agree with your lifestyle. The Bible talks about mark different people that the Bible talks about. Don't be unequally yoked. The Bible talks about um, 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 just a lot of different things in regards to um, can two walk together as they be agreed, just different things like that, that you have to guard your own spiritual development, guard your own consecration and, and sanctification and make sure that you're not mixing and wasting time, wasting energy, wasting resources with a person that is choosing to go a different direction to you. That doesn't mean you disconnect from them. It just that means you lifting your connection with them so that if they do need you, you still are, you still a pull away. But if they but you're not close enough that if they fall, you fall with them. So what I would do is I would begin to uh, come to grips with your friendship um, having to be different. Um, and, and when that person noticed the difference and they have concerns about it, there's something wrong with communicating with them in regards to why you changing uh, or modifying a friendship. And if they don't agree with that, then cut, cut, uh, cut your losses, count your losses and keep it moving. Hope they help. Um, so be friendly, but don't be friends. Uh, friendships are precious. Be friendly, but don't be friends because not true friends are people that share common interests, common uh, intimacy with God, common things that will aid you in your fellowship with God, in your in your flourishing of your purpose, and in the thriving of of your faith. Hope that helps. Uh, Michelle Miller says, why is spiritual warfare not taught a lot? Because a lot of people who's preaching against it or don't preach at all got demons in them. Demons don't want uh, men of God and women of God to talk about spiritual warfare because they're on the devil's team. Why preach something? Why preach spiritual warfare when you're on a devil's team? And so most people are afraid. One, two reasons. Number one, they're on the devil's side. And number two, they don't want the devil coming for them. Spiritual warfare is something that you have to teach with authority. You have to teach with a certain, uh, I wouldn't say purity, a certain level of consecration in your life because demons don't respect someone that is still that is that got devilish tendencies or or is divulging in sin. And so spiritual warfare is just not taught because a the preacher is on the devil's side or dealing with uh demonic uh issues or number two um what I say what number two was or they just don't want the devil coming after them. And and anytime you begin to uh, preach on spiritual warfare and talk about those different things, there's a spiritual entity that want to close your mouth. They don't want you talking about those different things. And so that's why um, for those who have questions on spiritual warfare, uh, I don't even know what my book is. Here it is. I got a book on spiritual warfare here called World War Me. Uh, winning the war within, and it talks about the whole armor of God and standing against the vows and the wiles of the devil and, and how to go into this world uh, um, strengthened in warfare in your authority in Christ. So to answer your question, number one, uh, they're on the devil's side and they're not going to preach spiritual warfare because they're going to be preaching against the devilish tactics that they're doing against the people. Or number two, they don't want the devil to come after them. Or number three, it's just ignorance. Or it's not sexy. Um, spiritual warfare is not a sexy thing. It ain't going to draw that many people to, to the church. So there's a lot of different reasons, but I'm not afraid of it um, because I don't care about earth 
uh, world worldly acclaim. I don't care about if I'm going to ever have a thousand millions of people following. I don't care about that because my care is to carry the burden of God on my life and the call of God on my life to ensure that people are equipped uh, and ready to go down that narrow path. And that's my job. I used to be that guy that wanted all the fame and, and won all those different things, but I realized all that stuff is vain. And so when you still got an attachment to this world, you're not going to preach the full gospel. You're only going to preach a partial one. Great question. Good evening, Josh. Sweet P, what's going on? <clears throat> My 70-year-old son wants to know how to make others respect him without being arrogant or rude. Respect is a disposition. Um, um, uh, what I mean by that is confidence. You carry yourself. They, they got to understand that not everybody understands or, uh, uh, or not everybody understands honor. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of people in our generation now, in our world now, don't uh, don't know how to respect anybody. So the 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 advice I would give your 17 year old son is to walk in his confidence in Christ. The difference between his confidence and God's confidence. God's confidence will let you be will, will enable you to walk in any environment not being affected by by disrespect or over respect. You see what I'm saying? So he has to be very cautious that he's not looking for respect, even though that's a natural disposition of a man. And a man has to understand that if they persecuted Jesus, they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. If they disrespected Jesus, they're going to disrespect you. And so now <clears throat> let me help him process how to handle disrespect and respect. Now, let's deal with uh, respect first. How should a young man handle respect? Number one, you have to understand that um, you are no one without God, that you should not allow someone's uh, honor of you or somebody's service to you cause you to have a puffed up head. You should then reverse that and reverse engineer those thoughts into how can I serve others? Because what I don't want him to do is looking for people to puff him up. When uh, The more that people puff them up, when people become fickle, you fall. And as a greater fall. What I would advise him to do is to understand that when people come to him and say, you're a great man, or you're doing this well, or they show him respect or want him to be a mentor or whatever, that he has to understand that he has to view that individual that's looking up to him in the eyes of the God that's looking down at him and keeping him humble and keeping him uh, still treating people below him with dignity, honor, and respect, right? <clears throat> now, how does a young man deal with disrespect? This is an area that God has worked on me recently and, and, and is still working on me and I see fruit in my life. Um, I had to realize maybe two or three years ago that people um, in, in this era don't understand or can care less about who you are, what you represent, etc. That a lot of people uh, are, are, are don't know how the there's no more ethics taught about honor or respect. So many people are just navigating life self-centered. And the Bible prophesied this, talk about that in the last days, people will be um, self-seeking and all that kind of stuff. And so what I would advise him is to realize that if anytime you carry yourself a certain type of way, there will be haters and there will be celebrators. And him as a young man, he has to be able to walk in that. He's young, but he has to be able to walk that with walk through that with discernment and realizing his dignity that just because somebody disrespects you, um, you don't have to engage in it. And that's what I had to learn is that you have to respect yourself even in the midst of disrespect, meaning that you have to already know who you are in Christ and that you represent a high 
higher order. And since you represent a higher order, then you should always exude kindness, that you should always exude self-control because of the spirit God that enables you. But when you continue to walk through life, feeding your own flesh and caring about what other people think about you, then as soon as someone thinks less of you than you think of yourself or what others think of you, you feel like that you have to validate yourself or, or, or try to show the world who you are when you don't have to. Um, humility is the key. Um, walking humbly is the key. Understanding that life is greater than the opinions of your peers, that, that, I, that you will not be affected by the opinions of your peers if you have already embraced the opinion of God towards you. You see what I'm saying? That will help you navigate life as people because people come to me all the time. I get two sides of the coin often. I get the side of, Josh, you amaze and the word of God is, is, is preached out of you and you're this great man of God. And so what I always say to them, God gives glory. This is not me, it's him. I appreciate it. Thank you for the comment, but it's God who gets the glory. And then when someone shows disrespect, I have empathy because there's something wrong with them. If you have time to be disrespectful to me, if you have time, there's two things. Disrespect could just be that person had a bad day. So I'm not talking about put a, a demonic stamp on people or 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 whatever on an individual. It could just mean they have a bad day. It could just mean that they're just going through something. And most people's disrespect towards you has nothing to do with you. But if it's a direct disrespect, you have to understand that person has a deep rooted issue. Man, that you got to make sure that you don't allow that devil in them to bait you into a devilish uh, 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 situation that causes you to lose. What I had to realize. I have too much to lose to engage with some loser. You see what I'm saying? I have too much to lose to engage with the loser. A person that's losing in life, a person who's not trying to do anything and all they use their time for is trying to tear me down. So what you got to do, you got to be so focused on, 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 on who you are in Christ and understanding how to think three moves ahead, my brother. Think three moves ahead in the respect and disrespect, meaning three moves ahead on the respect category is, is that people will celebrate you now. People will cry Hosanna and in the next minute they'll cry uh, crucify him. So you got to think three moves ahead, especially with women, that just because a woman show you respect doesn't mean that that person's heart with you because you got to keep a level of mystique about you, a distance about you, because not everybody may be able to handle you. And what I mean by that is, that people will celebrate you, but you have to realize that when people, when you allow people to get comfortable with you, you become common to them. Now, what does that mean is when you carry yourself at a certain level, you can't expose yourself with everyone. Jesus didn't even do this. Jesus had the three, he had the 12, he had the 70, he had the crowd, and he had the Pharisees. Walk with me with this. The Pharisees was his haters. He dealt with them a certain kind of way. The crowd, he dealt with them a certain kind of way. The 70, he dealt with them a certain kind of way. The 12, he dealt with them more than an exclusive certain type of way. And then there was the three that went to the mountain of transfiguration with him who was able to see all of him. What most people do is they try to show all of themselves to people who can't even handle them. Handle them. So you got to be able to understand exclusivity while still being generous and, and engaging, but reserve a part of yourself for people who actually treasure you. And also when you're dealing with the Pharisees, there's a way to handle them. It's a way to handle your haters, but you don't lose, don't lose what you've built for a loser that's trying to tear down what you've built. Hope that helps. Hey coach, how do you deal with being, oh, let me make sure I got your question in. My 17-year-old son wants to know how to make others respect him. You can't make people do anything. Don't even focus on, focus on being made. 
versus trying to make people make you. You see what I'm saying? Focus on being made. Just focus on growing. Focus on improving. Focus. You show respect. You practice respect. You practice honor because real recognize ill. Real. Uh, honor comes to those who are honorable. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry about making people respect you because you can't make people do anything and you will waste your energy trying to. Hope to help. You don't got to be arrogant or rude either. Hey, from Tulsa. That's where I used to go to school. I went to Oral Roberts out there in Tulsa. You know, all you got to do is be confident in Christ, be humble, be meek, be mild, be gentle, be understanding, be empathetic. And also that doesn't mean you be weak. You tell people you, sh- you and when people disrespect you, there's a way that you have to talk to them as a way you be like, with all due respect, I don't like your disrespect. You know what I'm saying? And some people don't even don't even not even worth that. They're not even worthy for that conversation. Let's keep going. I'm sorry. How to deal with with the loss? We lost someone yesterday unexpectedly. Yeah. Well, my family just lost someone unexpectedly on Thanksgiving Day. So I totally understand. I did a video two videos ago. Talk about um, how to grieve. I can't remember all those points. Go to that video. I think on that video. Let me see what the title is for you so I can make sure you get to the right one. Uh, <clears throat> the video that I did on that is, give me one second so that you'll be, it has the title how to grieve on there. It was the video, um, the purpose of singleness and how to grieve. Check that video out. I had some great points in there that I think will benefit you. I just can't remember all of those, but I'm so glad I was able to do a video for you because um, I talked about how we experienced a loss on Thanksgiving Day. So make sure you go check that video out, Vanessa. Excuse me. Daughter of the King says, if God tells you that a man is your husband, but he's dating another woman, can I just move on? I honestly heard from the Lord on this, but I feel silly waiting. Um, you're not waiting on him. That's what you working for him. See, don't wait on him to break up with her. Don't wait on him to change. You focus on waiting on God. Waiting on God means serving him. They that wait upon the Lord, they that serve him, they that don't even and some things. There's two things you do with what God has told you. Number one, either you put it on the shelf or you put it on the soil. It all boils down to what the Holy Ghost wants you to do. So if God told you this man was your husband, I'm not going to doubt that because I, who am I to tell or just to, to, to determine if you can hear from God? Um, so I'm going to take your word for it. What I would do is don't wait on him. Wait on him. Wait and serve on God. Preoccupy yourself in serving him while God is working on him. Because the more you begin to look at what he's doing, you're going to be distracted for what you need to be doing. See, see, you just got to let the, the Bible says stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand. Stand in what he told you, but work on him. Work for him. Work on the things that God wants you to work on. Because if you continue to worry about what he's doing, worrying about who he's dating, then you're going to be so caught up in, in his scene in his movie that you forgetting the words and the parts in your own movie. You see what I'm saying? So what I would do is I, I would just put that on the shelf because we've all said that before. And if it's true, which I believe, cause I'm not going, I'm not here to tell you whether or not you hear from God, put it on the shelf and let God do the rest. And in the meantime, God, I trust you with this. I'm going to give this to you while the same, while at the same time, what do you need from me? What can I do for you? 
Because the more you begin to think on what's going on with him, you'll lose sight on you. You got to be preoccupied in your singleness. Many of us got idle time in our singleness that makes us sick of our singleness, right? But if you're preoccupied in your singleness, that's what I had to do. Yes, I had moments where I was, I, had, I remember I saw a post that was from 2009 from, you know, Facebook has memories, 2009, where I posted waiting on Mrs. Ezzy. You see what I'm saying? That was back in 2009. I was young. But what I did was what I'm glad God. God shifted me into, oh, almost shifted me into was to realize, hey, be preoccupied in this season. Work. So that's when I wrote five books. You know what I'm saying? I got busy. 14, maybe at that time, 1,300 videos. I got busy. I got, not only the word busy, I got productive. Be preoccupied in being productive on your purpose and growing into the person that God wants you to be while God works on the person who he has for you and in his providential timing will bring y'all two together. So keep it moving, following God and find a way that every time you think about what he's doing, don't even worry about it. Do your little prayer. God, I'm going to just refocus myself back on you and the Holy Spirit will help you with that. <clears throat> Daughter of the king of God. Tell, no, no, that's not an ignorant question. No, there's no bad questions. Nothing wrong with wrong question, your question, daughter of the king. Nah, I don't mind answering any question. Don't worry about that. Ain't an ignorant question. Ain't no bad questions with coach. Coach going to answer them. Christopher says, could God send someone into my life if I'm not ready? Could he put them in my life as an incentive to do better or get a taste of what I could have? Um, good question, Christopher. Um, you have to be very careful. God is not going to send a distraction while he's trying to develop you. God would never send a distraction while he's trying to develop you. So why would God incentivize uh, I'm, I'm not sitting there saying he can't do this. I'm not trying to put limits on God. But what I am trying to say is, is that don't get so caught up on, on people who come in and out. Focus on being the one who, uh, focus on the one who is there, right? Um, there could be people that God's in your life, like mentors or accountability that helps you get better. But if you're talking about a significant other, I wouldn't get so caught up on uh, whether or not that person's in your life uh, uh, to get you better. Um, just worry about getting better. You see what I'm saying? Um, could God send me someone in my life? I'm not, if I'm not ready, no, God is not going to send. It just depends on what your question is, Christopher. If it's a young lady, God ain't going to do that, man. Because look what God did with Adam At, until Adam finished his assignment of his singleness. Then God brought him a helpmate. It wasn't that God was like, oops, I forgot about Adam. God was like, it's no longer good for him to be alone anymore. But it was after he, Adam was at rest. Adam finished his assignment. He finished the last animal. He was then, he didn't recognize that right now I've done all that I could at this level. Now I need a helpmate. And God put him in a rested state. So if you're restless, God is not going to send somebody in a dress in your life. Hope to help. Charlotte Jordan, what's going on? Says, what do you do if the guy you're with isn't the man he should be at this point in your life and you've given them a year to fix things and they haven't? It's time. Oh, let me make sure I'm because coach be be very direct and be strong with my responses. Let me make sure I feel and discern the nuances. OK, what do you do if the guy you're with isn't the man he should be at this point in your life and you're giving them like my advice for you, Charlotte, because I know you. My advice for you is if you ain't married, then you don't need to tarry. If you ain't married, don't sit, don't try to tarry. 
What I mean by that, if that man is not where he needs to be for your security and stability in, in regards to being married, do not tarry long. Do not wait long. Let that man grow up because you are a nurturer. God made women to be nurturers. And so what oftentimes happen is that women will waste the years of their life try to, trying to nurture and grow a man, uh, grow a boy into a man. You can't do that. Only God can make a boy a man. No woman can make a boy a man. Only God can make a boy a man. And so if you ain't married, then there's no need for you to tarry. And what I would do is I would have one of those uh, uh, conversations with him and saying, hey, I think that it's best for you and I to go our uh, to go our separate ways. I'll go seek God. I'm going to pursue my purpose because I cannot be unequally yoked with the individual that is not even trying to get better. And, and be honest, create your own residual income, create your own uh, um, purpose in life, and, and, and so so that you will be able to be at peace later. Because what I don't want to happen for you, Charlotte, and you got an amazing name, Charlotte and Jordan. Charlotte, this city I'm from, and then Michael Jordan. Great name. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is this, is that um, don't get so caught up on waiting on a man. A woman should never wait on a man to grow up. A woman should never wait on a man to grow up. Period. So if you ain't married, no need to tarry. So um, what do you do if the guy you're with isn't the man he should be at this point in your life and you've given them you've given them an opportunity communicate that let them know hey hey man we've been at this for a year and I just don't see no change I just think I need to change my direction and go the way I need to go so I can change for the better and grow for the better and if it's God's will I'll see you at the altar you see what I'm saying but don't alter your plans trying to meet a man who's not ready to be with you at that altar hope to help Jennifer, how do you break a soul tie? Jennifer, I know you too. Well, I got all, all family in the building. Do you have this book yet, sis? Let me know. Let me know. I can get this book for you. But how do you break a soul tie? It's a lot of, ah, that's a, that's a, I got, oh man, I'm already 30 minute marker. Um, You got to gather the broken pieces of your soul and let God make a picture out of it. And what I mean by that is, Turning all, turning those things around for your good. You see what I'm saying? So that you will be able to say, you know what? Why did I allow this person so deep inside of me uh, in regards to uh, causing me to be affected emotionally, mentally, etc.? So what you have to do is you have to really take some time and examine. Now, I've done about 10 to 15 videos on uh, soul ties. Uh, watch those videos. If you don't got this book, let me know. I can email you today a free copy of it. Uh, or you just give me your address and I get your copy. Don't worry about it. Um, but um, because I know you and your family. Um, so uh, how to break that soul tie? B. Uh, I don't want to. Email me, Jennifer. I know you. So email me. I'll see what I can do for you because I don't. I. I want to make sure that you get the help that you need. So contact me. I'll see what I can do uh, to help you get a book and kind of help you press through the nuances. Um, and then, uh, because I, I just don't want to give no, no cute cuddly quote for something serious. So hit me up and we'll see what we can do. Pink October says trying to live more righteous in my, is my goal. Why is this so hard? Because we've been ratchet for so long. 
You know what I'm saying? We was ratchet our whole lives and now we're endeavoring to live a righteous life. Um, but righteous living is a direct result of our righteous position. Okay. Righteous patterns or righteous lifestyle or righteous living is the fruit of our righteous position. Because we are the righteous in God through Christ Jesus, that righteousness inspires righteous living. Right. And so what that means is that when you have been converted by God and the goodness of God has drawn you to repentance, repentance is the recognizing of of an era in life is the recognizing of an era and recognizing the desperate need for Jesus and our minds to be renewed so that we can be in a right level of thinking, which leads to a right level of living so that we'll be able to be uh, uh, an epistle that people can read and see the glory of God manifested in the handiwork of our lives. Right. And so Righteous living boils down to a renewed mind. The renewed mind comes from repentance and repentance comes from a divine pull to recognize error. Once you begin to recognize your error, then you will confess out of your mouth, repenting, God, I no longer want to live this way. I'm trusting in the saving work of Jesus to help me uh, loose myself from these sins. Then, Then there has to be a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will then begin to show you, you need to let that person go. You need to go a little bit deeper, confess this sin. You got to go a little bit deeper and 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 get and 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 loose um, um, the legal right that dom- the, the demons may have in your life. There, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. That's between you and Him. He will show you what you need to do that will loose you into righteous living because your mind has been renewed to see um, error and to see the right way of doing things. It is hard because we have practiced ratchetness more than we have practiced righteousness and our minds have been ruined to a place of ratchetness that it takes a lot of deep work from the Holy Spirit mentally and emotionally to untangle us from the things that's causing us to live such a ratchet life. So righteous living is the fruit of our righteous disposition in Jesus Christ, our righteous position in Jesus. Our righteous position from Jesus is the revolving the, the, the reoccurring, revolving uh, process of the mind being renewed and repentance, to, repentance that leads to mind renewal, because once you have the right mindset, you will move differently. It is hard because we live the ratchet longer than we live righteous. And it's like it's like walking again. So when we are reborn in Christ, think of yourself as a child. How long did it take you to go from being carried to crawling, from crawling to walking, to walking to running, to running to riding a bike, to riding a bike to driving a car? How long did it take you from saying goo goo God God to saying full sentences to increasing your vocabulary? It, it, you got to understand that once you've been reborn in Christ, you have to learn how to do everything again spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And that takes being allowing yourself to be fathered and shepherd and governed by the Spirit of God. Hope to help. My, my above question is meant from a spiritual standpoint. Listen, Charlotte, back to your question. Um, I advise no woman to marry a man that is not uh, at least at her level spiritually or a little bit above. 
A man cannot lead a woman who understands God more than he does. And, and now if you married to the man already and you got saved first, God would give you grace from that. Grace for that. We're not talking about leave your husband because because he just got saved and he's learning. There's got to give you grace for that. We're talking about if you dating somebody, get it. No, God is not going to put you with some a man specifically who doesn't know how to pray, who doesn't know how to fast, who doesn't know the word for himself, who doesn't know how to show honor, who's not held accountable. So if you got some, if he got some spiritual stuff that he's not there yet and you ain't married, count it a blessing. Give him time to grow in that area because I'm telling you, you got to have a man. You need to be with a man who understands how to be a man in every area, who understands how to be a provider, a priest and a protector. You see what I'm saying? He got to know how to provide. He know how to go out. He, listen, it don't matter what happens in my family. I'll get four or five jobs if I got to, because that's who I am as a person. I got to provide. I also got to be the priest over my own, <coughs> uh, under priest of the high priest. <coughs> I got to be able to guide my family spiritually and be pure. And I also got to be a protector. I can't just be out here and be no punk. You can get these hands. You get these bullets if you need to. You see what I'm saying? That's what a man has to be. But he has to also carry the power of God. And, and don't get me wrong. That man ain't perfect. He just has the right perspective on key things that a home and a woman and children need. Period. Great questions, y'all. Daughter of the King, I'm not going to move in. I'm waiting. It's just hard to keep faith that I know. I know we move on by faith and I'm about to say, well, I see no sight of what I'm trusting for. Uh, you just don't worry. Focus on what you can see. Don't worry about what is coming into sight. Worry about what's in your sight. Lewis, Lizzie Lewis says people need to be cautious about Kanye. I just, I was just saying, I was just saying is even the very elect, exactly. Thank you for saying this. People need to know God for themselves and don't follow people blind. The reason why wolves creep into the church is because people want to worship idols. People are idolatrous. They want Kanye West to be saved so bad to justify why they should listen to dark, twisted fantasy. So would it justify why they should listen to the college dropout, to justify why they should continue to live the life that they live, right? That we we idolize followers of Jesus without first without first respecting and giving honor to the Jesus to Jesus himself. We all have to be very careful because we cannot just be naive and dumb about these things because the Bible talks about it clearly that there will be a great fall in the way. The Bible said the days wasn't short, even my very elect. That means that the, we talking about the very, the very the people who know God would be deceived. And if that's the key, if that's the key, don't you think let's just play devil's advocate. Let's play angel's advocate, right? What, if I was the devil, would I not send somebody? I'm not saying this is, I'm just want y'all to think. If I was the devil, would I not send someone that says everything right? Everybody says the right thing in the beginning. So we just can't jump on the bandwagon because somebody says the right Christian jargons in the beginning. That's how they get you in. And then once you in and caught up in the music. And my question is about, here's my questions about Kanye is this. The, the remixing of sexual songs, the remixing of, um, um, what was the song he remixed? Uh, uh, ah, the songs he remixed. What songs he remixed? There were sexual songs. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's just certain things that if he was truly being discipled by a man of God, 
that man of God will say, I don't think that's the right thing to do. That That's probably not the right church to go to, to do this or that. These are probably not the right songs to remix. I am more concerned about his discipleship. Uh, uh, um, I want to say if his salvation is genuine, I'm concerned about those who disciple him. That's all I'm saying. So I have nothing but love for Kanye because I have no choice to, but to love him because I'm not close enough to um, to, to disciple him. So who am I to, to, to whatever, whatever. Now, if God graced me to be in a man's life, I would just say certain things because I just think that with that position, you got to have a certain posture and make sure that you do certain things differently. I'm just observing the discipleship point. But if I was a devil, would I not send somebody in there saying the right things at the beginning? This is just letting you know whether it's genuine or it's not. People will say, well, Christ is being preached. Okay, but but what Christ are they being led to? That's the scary part, all right? So that's my other 46 cents on Kanye. Love him. Hope he's, I hope he's genuinely saved. I hope that uh, if he is, God's going to take care of him. Um, but I have to make sure I'm not the guardian of the galaxies. But I'm the guardian of, of the remnant. And my goal is to make sure that people are discerning through love. You love them, but you discern them, right? Even the apostles, the Bereans was like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to go check the scriptures for myself. That's how we got to be. And the more the body becomes like that, the less likely wolves are going to try to creep in because there's people guarding. And that's why I'm, let me not give all my opinions here. Let me be wise. Anyway, let's keep going. I got time for maybe two more and I'm done. Michelle Mill says, what are some spiritual warfare prayers that you use to cover you and your home? Um, email me. I'm going to send you the list of the prayers that I pray on um, the scriptures that you put in prayer. I want to make sure I give you that document. Actually, I think it's available on my website. If you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheets. You can scroll until you see World War Me and Spiritual Warfare Prayers. Download that and that's my list of my prayers that I do frequently. Lucinda says, men who want sexual intimacy without first wanting to establish commitment, what is your opinion? My opinion is to leave them. Leave them alone. Don't give them no time. Uh, see, you can't put the cart before the horse and expect to get anywhere. And young women, you listen to me, women of all ages, listen to me. Um, never give your benefits to a man who doesn't meet God's requirements. You hear me? A man can't even meet your requirements. He has to meet God's requirements for you because you may not be able to fully understand what God requires of you. There's a lot of women who don't even know what God requires of them and how much he loves them. So they open their benefits to every man and become soul tied to them. So my advice to every young lady and young man who is in a relationship where there's sexual aggression there, you have to make sure you understand that your benefits are are precious, that your time is precious, your body is precious, your mind is precious, your 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 privates are precious. All those things is crazy how we'll give somebody our body but reserve our mind. That is that is that's counterproductive because the Bible says uh sexual sin is the only sin where you sin against yourself because sex is is complex. Sex affects the mind, it affects the uh, body, it affects the emotion, it affects your spirit. You see what I'm saying? So we got to be very careful when people who advertise a false sense of Christianity, but just but want you to live contradictory to it when it comes to intimacy. So men who want sexual intimacy without first wanting to establish commitment. First off, the commitment is after the ring. 
You see what I'm saying? So people will be like, well, we got a commitment. I'm with you. You got to understand weak men will bring women into weak areas to satisfy their own weaknesses. That's what that's what uh, boys do. They prey on women with low self-esteem. And so to 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 to, to combat this, you got to know who you are in Christ. I'm not saying you. I'm just talking about women in general. But to specifically you is to realize that there are a lot of men out there whose goal is to get benefits without meeting requirements. It make, keeps them lazy. That's why women cannot be desperate for love. They cannot be so caught up in being alone and being lonely that they will they will lower their standards for for a loose, 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 loin uh, uh, Larry. You see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden now you stuck with a man who ain't who's comfortable with you and has no and has no uh, pressure to grow. So my opinion on those kind of men like that, you run from them, you stay away from them and you run to the arms of the man who's going to help build your self-esteem, who is Christ, so that you will be able to have the right perspective and the right uh, uh, point of view about yourself so that you won't lower your standards to some man who wants your benefit. We got to treat ourselves like Fortune 500 companies. Forget Fortune 500. We got to treat ourselves like uh, good businesses out here. You see what I'm saying? Good businesses. I posted a post the other day. Never give full-time benefits for somebody working part-time. If a, if a company won't even do that to people, think about this. I talked to somebody the other day, and I was saying how people are, 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 are giving their benefits to interviewers, interviewees. I said, what? It don't make sense how people are giving their benefits to interviewees, meaning we're courting, we're dating. You still can't give your benefits to them then because they haven't proven to be able to maintain the position that you're advertising. So if you're advertising, not even you shouldn't even be advertising. There's there's just some people that you you connect with through relationship. You connect through your relationship with God. God sends this person. Auntie Eleven said this person meets all the qualifications for the position I have in your life. You're you can't you're not even we're not smart enough to choose our wives or husbands. We're not smart enough. So we got to leave that to God. God is the only one wise enough to pick the woman and the men in our lives. So what we got to do is we just we shouldn't be advertising that we're looking that we got putting on LinkedIn talking about looking for a husband, six, three, such and such looking for a wife, slim and trim and or thickety thick, thick. You know what I'm saying? No, you shouldn't be advertising for love. You shouldn't be advertising for a position. Let God meet that position while you are handling his mission in your life. So men who want uh cookies cookies before commitment those men are just wolves trying to prey on women with low self-esteem so if i was you i would leave the men where they are and trust that god's got you you have to understand let's look at the numbers not every woman is doing things the right way not every woman is trusting god right so God is not obligated to meet their need because he knows, he foresees that these women may never ever. So God don't have to, I'm not saying God don't have to, but God ain't going to waste his time on people who, who are just never going to get it, never going to get it, right? What he's doing is that shrinks the number down to women who genuinely want the will of God for their lives. Women who genuinely want the will of God for their lives and men who genuinely want the will of God for their lives, God got you. Everybody else is I idolizing the idea of love. They ain't even trying to submit themselves to God. They just they just crying, 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 crying. And God's like, I ain't sending you nobody. But the people 
who have a heart, but they may be struggling. They may be just tired and maybe weak. God said he will strengthen you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is only going to give, is only going to be the one that's going to strengthen you through in your singleness and through your married life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I went 46 minutes. That's my time for today. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. Um, get your books, The Purpose of Freedom, Soul Ties, Those Struggling with Soul Ties, uh, Spiritual Warfare book, Those Who Want to Know, Understand the uh, Full Armor of God and How to Operate in This War, uh, book World War Me, Those Who Are Single, who are preparing themselves for a courting dating relationship or for those who are in a dating or courting relationship or are married. I got this book dating prep for you and the card game dating prep that goes with this book. All the questions to the card game are in here. What is this right here? It talks about uh, our family tree. Be very careful. You got to make sure you strengthen your branches. We got exercises for you. Your financial branch is a weak or strong. Your spiritual branch is a weak or strong because people want fruit. But they don't, they don't, their branch is not strong enough to handle the fruit. People want big fruit, but they don't want strong branches. The Bible says he prunes the branch so they can bear more fruit. So this book has a lot of great questions. <clears throat> and the card game goes with the card game is, is one of is one of the probably the best things God has allowed me to create with this book here, the purpose of singleness uh, for those who want to be whole. Um, and my book Unplugged and my children's book. Uh, as he says, as he's for the students I serve. Um, someone asked me a good question. Like, is it just for the students at your school? No, it's for everybody. Uh, my goal is to help adults unplug and to help kids propel. That's my goal to help uh, parent uh, adults unplug from the world and to help students propel into their purpose. So all those resources on my website, I am unplugged.com. Um, six books, two card games, two, uh, courses. They're old, but they're good. I got a course on insecurities. I got a course on procrastination. Uh, 16 videos, I think, each. Um, what else I have for y'all? Uh, 1,500 videos on YouTube. <laughs> um, love y'all. Gotta go. Um, y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Oh, t-shirts at the bottom of the videos. Coach Josh got apparel too. We got merch. Check under the video. Great shirts for y'all to carry on in y'all lives. Just spark good conversation. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time.